Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capital Ideas. This is the podcast where members of the majority Democratic caucus in the Washington State House of Representatives sit down at the Capitol to talk about ideas. We think every Capital Ideas is special, but this one has an extra kick to it. Today's lawmaker, Representative Mi Lin Tai, fled Vietnam with her family at age 15, and she's now become the first refugee elected to serve in the state legislature. Mi Lin was elected to work for the people of the 41st Legislative District, which is Mercer Island, parts are all of Bellevue, Newcastle, Sammamish, and Points East, and she took her oath of office on January 14th of this year. She was tapped as vice chair of the House Civil Rights and Judiciary Committee, which is not bad for a freshman, and she also sits on the Education and the Health Care and Wellness Committees. Mi Lin was interviewed by Jen Waldruff midway through her second week in Olympia, and this is how that went. Representative Tai, welcome. It is week two of the legislative session. How are you holding up? I've learned to pace myself, and I have to say, I think I have one of the best legislative assistants in the whole wide world. She makes sure that um, I stop, breathe, recorrect, uh, and go goes on. So I'm good. I recognize how much I love what I'm doing, and so that really energized me the rest of the day. When you were sworn in last week, you made headlines as the first refugee to serve in the Washington State Legislature. But this isn't your first stint in public office. You came to the legislature having been a school board director for the Bellevue School District. Can you talk a little about the transition from holding a local elected office to being a state legislator? Each of the positions holds its own responsibilities and holds its own importance in the work of serving the people. I personally have not seen in, in terms of the uh, the work itself much difference. Um, the commitments uh, very much similar. Uh, if anything, is probably the pace, the weight of the responsibilities. There's just so many different issues. When I serve as board director for the Beverly School District, although seemingly that we only focus in the world of public education for our kids, um, for me, in reality, it touch everything. It touch affordable housing, it touch affordable health care, it touch the safety net, it touch homelessness, it touch transportation, multiple areas when it comes to human services. So in that arena, I feel pretty much at home. So really, I think the main difference is is the pace uh, pushing these issues through. What do you think the two elective offices that you've held now? school board director and state legislator have most in common and what do they have absolutely different from each other? <laughs> yeah, I think most in common for me is um, is really the commitment to serve. To serve. Um, and, uh, and like I mentioned before, they are equally important. Um, the difference, you know, I I used to have four fellow board director elected who who worked with me, who you know, um, uh, sort through uh, 
some of the very difficult decisions in, in policies and and not only in policy but decisions in terms of how to support uh, the school districts and educators and parents and and students. So, um, but here um, in the house, um, the number of people who is doing this work multiply, and I, I felt that I have so much more opportunity to learn from others. And so I, I, I would say those are the similarity and differences that I that I noticed. As a school board director, did you ever come to Olympia during the session to advocate for education issues or on behalf of your district? Yes, absolutely. I, um, I, I came to Olympia mostly by the third year of my first term. That was when I fully understand the connection between a local uh, school board, the impact of that advocacy work at state level. And and um, in fact, I believe the, the fourth year of my first term, I came to Olympia often enough and, and very much um, be on call 24-7 for um, our uh, legislative district legislators um, because last year was the year of McCleary, as we all know. And um, so there's multiple, sometimes nuanced detail um, that the school board directors know a little bit more. And so I was um, really trying to be helpful to our legislators and helping them understanding what really truly happened at the local school level. So what does it feel like to be on the other side of that now? Much more appreciative of the advocate. And when I talked about how my LAs has been really trying to to protect my time um, because I know what it's like to be an advocate. I know what it's like to fight the traffic and drive 405, I5, be here um, having sometime a two-minute conversation with legislators, help them understand the issues at hand. And I appreciate the advocate very much, and I appreciate their deeper knowledge on a particular issue. I may have a general understanding, but to understand an issue deeply um, so that I can make a, a right decisions when it comes to voting on a particular bill or issues. Yeah, so hopefully I could continue to retain that level of appreciation for those who come to Olympias and, and share with us their knowledge. I know it's only week two of the session, but have any views that you held as a school board director changed in the time you've been here? Wow, this is a tough question. I wouldn't I wouldn't say change in terms of changing of direction, but there's certainly change and I think the change is definitely in, in terms of intensity. Um because of meeting with constituent, because uh having a deeper understanding of how these impacts not only um, in my local school district, the Bellevue School District, but now I get to hear from, in Legislative District 41, I get to hear from Brenton, from Issaquah, Sammamish, Bellevue definitely, Mercer Island. And, and I think with that expansion of knowledge and conversation, it changed in a sense of widening uh, the perspective. In your legislative bio, 
it mentions that the early support you received as a student when you first came to Washington State as a refugee from Vietnam helped shape you to become a passionate advocate for things like equity and access and education. Talk a little bit about the unique perspective your story brought to your school board position and now to the legislature. Thank you for asking that question. And for those who know me, equity has been the utmost important work that I I wanted to focus on. Um, And yes, what shaped me was a story that I have shared with many friends and people um, that I have met. So I came to the United States um, April 28. 1983, and and those who do know the school calendar, that is very much an end of a school year. Um, And I came as a sophomore. So my following year in Federal Way High School, um, I was a junior. And the question all guidance counselors asked their juniors, um, what do you want to do? Where do you want to see yourself after you graduate? And, you know, are you are you on time to earn your high school diploma? And um, I remember sitting in her office with my French teachers who were at the time my interpreter. I did share that I dreamed to become a physician and I wanted to attend University of Washington after graduating high school. My counselor, after pausing, she informed me that is not possible, that I need to rethink uh, my pathway. And I remember wondering why would an adult who technically would support a child's uh, dreams uh, not really supportive of it. And um, so I asked her, how do I make that happen if she could write it down for me? Um, So she wrote down a list of, of classes that I need to take. Long story short, I took all those classes, graduated on time with honor. Um, I also want to mention, though, my counselor is Miss Jane Olson. I found Miss Jane Olson knocking at the door of my apartment. It was a two-bedroom apartment, crammed in seven of us, uh, my parents and, and five of us siblings. And she came with a piece of paper asking for my parents' signature to give a permission for that summer to attend a uh, summer camp as a natural helper. And my parents, with their limited English and my limited English, attempting to interpret for Miss Jan Olson, she, I remember, I could, all I could remember was she, she sat there for hours attempting to convince my parents to sign on that permissions. Finally, my parents signed on the permissions, I guess, just to get this woman out of the apartment. So that was my first summer camp in the United States. So now I learned that for a complete application to a university, not only do you uh, do you need to get a, a decent GPA, you need to show that you have extracurricular activities. And for kids like me, whose English was limited, um, did not even know how to maneuver the system. And for Ms. Olson, recognizing my commitment and my hard work um, to just quietly help me reach my dream. Because um, yes, after graduating from federal high school, I, I got admitted to University of Washington 
didn't get to become a physician as my dream. Uh, close to it, though, being a pharmacist. Um, but those those were the personal experience I've learned that kids like me, um, who have a dream, would experience those barriers. It's not that they are not working hard. It's not that they're not willing to work hard. It's about giving them the access, giving them the opportunity to work at it so that they can achieve their dreams. And to me, that's what equity is, access to opportunity. In addition to your background in the education world, you also have a background in the healthcare realm, as you mentioned. You've got a degree in, in pharmacy, um, and you've been a practicing pharmacist. Uh, you've also been a medical interpreter, and you built a successful pediatric neurology practice uh, with your husband when you lived in Wyoming for a while. Your first bill here in the legislature brings together that education and healthcare focus uh, on a specific issue that was brought to your attention, um, and that's the duration of school lunch times. Uh, talk to me a little about the bill and what it seeks to do. Yes, I think um, the general understanding to the bill is is the focus on whole child. We often only see educations as mastering materials, mastering a certain set of knowledge, um, being able to pass standardized exam. I see it as an opportunity to grow. And the learning does not limit to what in the textbook, uh, nor limit to what being presented in the limiting hours of a day. And that include how to take care of yourself, how to build good habit um, so that when our children in the K-12 system becoming an adult, not only arm themselves with the knowledge, but would also arm themselves with the habit um, so that they would live a healthy life. So the bills is around the seated lunchtime. As we know, because of the hours our students spend at school, they will need to have lunch during school days. There is not a clear understanding of currently in every schoolhouse how much time do our students truly have to really sit down and start to consume our food and then digest the food before they go on their day. And with data and research, we understand that for a child without all these uh, proper factors outside from being ready in their chair, in their classroom to learn, having a full stomach is one important factor. And as we know, some of our students that lunchtime is probably the only meal that they have in a day that is healthy uh, for them. So this bill is an attempt to learn more 
about what's really happening on the school ground, um, exactly how much time our students have to consume and digest food. Without that information, we could not really move forward in terms of supporting our students and making sure that that healthy aspect of that whole child, supporting a whole child, could really be put in place um, so that our students would be supportive in a sense of uh, being able to be ready to learn when they sit down in their classroom. And from what I've seen of the bill, it really is very respectful of local control. It recognizes that some schools are doing a great job at this already and and that other schools can learn from that. Absolutely. And if anything, it's really the experience I had as a school board director. I hold very near and dear to my heart that those who serve their community at the closest level, school board directors, city councils, um, those elected office, understand the needs of their constituent better than anybody else. And some have reached that level of understanding through advocacy of their local communities and providing that time for students. I, I will go ahead and use Bellevue School District. Um, we were not aware. We believe that, well, we provide lunch. We make sure that kids have time for lunch. Um, it was really parents who brought the to our attention that with some of the parents who came to the school board at the time that they pack meals for their children. However, kids, when when they were done with their day at school, uh, number one, they couldn't finish the packed uh, meal. And number two, the moment they get in the car, they complain to uh, moms that, mom, I'm so hungry. I need something to eat now. That prompted the advocacy and and Bellevue School District did a study and I believe uh, they spent a whole year um, to do that study. Uh, so now we change some of it's very technical of how fast that line of students to go and get their food in the line so that we can shorten that amount of time standing in line um, and add it to the amount of time that they can sit down and, and eat their food. So we have gone through that process and and have some understanding. And these parents, again, with the understanding of equity, th- that it shouldn't be only afforded to the students in the Bellevue School District. Every single student in the school um, across the state of Washington should be afforded ample time to consume their food. And so respectful to the local effort of supporting their students. So this is about understanding um, where we are and who has been providing the services for their students successfully so we could hopefully duplicate um, learning from the school district who have done this work before and how we can put in the support system for the school district who want to provide this service for their students at their local school district. Is there anything else that you would want people to know about you as a new legislator? Ah, I, I, I am somebody who believe in engaging uh, with the public. And I know being a, a new legislator, I am also have this incredible curiosity. I want to learn everything possible. The day is too short <laughs> for me. 
And because I want to learn everything possible, I wanted to be in every committees, in every meetings, in every conversations. And I have found that because of that, in my schedule, I ended up not having enough time to meet with the constituents who want to meet with me. So please be patient with me. I think at some point in time, I will be able to strike that balance. But um, just like anybody who's new at their work, I hope that the level of curiosity and the level of, of wanted to learn, wanted to be an effective legislators would really come through. And my doors always opened and definitely my digital door always opens. I am committed to communicate and engage with those who want to communicate and engage with me because I do believe in the, the power of learning. We can really learn from one another through that engagement. Representative Tai, thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity. And that is another Capital Ideas. If you feel like this was time well spent, why not subscribe to Capital Ideas on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is your state government, after all, and what goes on here matters. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats, putting people first. Thanks for listening.